and trains, and we're prepared for it with new technique and new approaches. And as for our part, we feel that you're the best pieces of manpower available in this whole region. We're getting ready to have a live spectrum. What we were trying to say, you got to walk home, walk home, walk home. Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. To reach Devin Wade with a question or comment, follow him on Twitter at Wade's Be a part of the group on Facebook by joining the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group or liking the page. Welcome to episode 41 of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. And what a special episode we have in store for you this time. Want to first and foremost thank you guys for participating and listening and subscribing to the podcast. Don't know how you found us, but we are on iTunes, TuneIn, and SoundCloud. Coming up in episode 41, former NFL great Haywood Jeffries, dear friend of mine, he joins the show. We'll talk some NFL, a little bit of NBA, and all of those good things. He'll give us his take on a number of issues. In addition to that, we'll run down some headlines, some hot topics, have a brand new segment, something we've been trying to implement for quite a while, but we have a brand new DJ who's doing our two-minute mix. That's DJ D-Baby to Don. She's coming up with her two-minute mix around the halfway point of the show. In addition to that, we will do the this or that segment. We have He Got Game. We have Haven't You Heard. And finally, Before I Let Go, all that's coming up, but I want to remind you first, that you can tweet me at Wade's Word, W-A-D-E-S-W-O-R-D, all in lowercase. And, of course, you can join or like the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page or group on Facebook. And, again, comment, subscribe, tell your friends. Please, we uh, love the engagement. We love to hear from you guys, and we certainly appreciate all of you from all over the world. A lot of listeners from France this time out. want to thank folks in France. I don't know how we crossed over, but I'm certainly glad that we did. And from all over the country, Rhode Island. We had some listeners from Rhode Island and some listeners, of course, from California, Oregon, and Washington State. So I want to thank you guys for tuning in and finding us primarily on SoundCloud, but tune in. Uh, a lot of folks are subscribing on iTunes, so we, we appreciate that as well. Well, with that, want to go to our segment we call Headlines. The world of college football was shook up this weekend with number one Alabama's loss to the number six Auburn Tigers in the Iron Bowl. And unless something really crazy happens, the Crimson Tide will be out of the college football playoffs for the first time since it was created. They've never missed. But the rankings will be out later today, and we'll see how far they have fallen. But we do have conference championship games coming up this weekend, so a, a lot last opportunity for some upsets. In other college football news, the college coaching carousel is in full effect, and the college coach gods giveth and taketh away, and sometimes within as little as 12 hours, as was the case with Greg Schiano. University of Tennessee hired Schiano and then rescinded the offer because of public outcry over his proximity to the Jerry Sandusky child molestation scandal at Penn State, where he coached DBs from 1991 to 1995. So the Tennessee job is open, but gone are Kevin Sumlin at Texas A&M, Todd Graham at Arizona State, and they join Butch Davis at Tennessee and Jim Moore at UCLA. More are surely to come, but hired this week was Chip Kelly at UCLA, 
and Dan Mullen, who left Mississippi State for Gator Pastures at Florida. Jimbo Fisher of Florida State is said to be the leading candidate at Texas A&M. In the NFL, the Philadelphia Eagles ran their record to 10-1 with a 24-3 victory over the Chicago Bears. And the Los Angeles Rams had a huge home win over Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints, 26-21, to take their record to 8-3 on the season. The Steelers are in December form with an exciting win over the Green Bay Packers, 31-28, courtesy of a game-ending field goal. The Steelers' offense was tremendous with Ben Roethlisberger going 33 for 45 for 351 yards, four touchdowns, and two interceptions. And, hey, super wide receiver Antonio Brown had a huge night with 10 receptions for 169 yards and two touchdowns. And finally, in the NFL, we have to mention the melee between Aqib Tlaib and Michael Crabtree. And although I think the NFL greatly overreacted, Aqib Tlaib did prove that he is about that life. With that, I want to bring in my man Haywood Jeffries, what, 11-year veteran of the NFL. And I want to hear get your take on a number of things in the NFL. But let's start right there with that with that fight between Tlaib and Michael Crabtree, where for the second year in a row, Tlaib grabs a Michael Crabtree's and snatches his chain. So, I mean, what, what's your take on all of that? Oh, it was the best thing that could ever happen to the NFL. I, you know, and I, I think I, I really think the same thing because yeah. you know they can act like I, I think they they are overreacting and they're vilifying these guys when it's easy to say, hey man, those are just boys being boys. But the NFL is so scared these days of their image that they think that somehow that these conservative people who are upset about the players taking a knee are going to say, look, there they go, there they go, and it seems like they really want to pander to a conservative audience. And so they're going to really go out on a limb and punish these guys really for, for something that was, I mean, that happens frequently in the NFL. Well, your show is to tell the truth. Tell the truth. Hey, the truth is, if you look on every, every segment that comes on any uh, sports talk show or radio show, what is the topic? It's all about the fight. I mean, and, 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 I mean it's going to dominate for a couple of days. That's because, right. again, all your major guys are injured. You have a lot of guys injured, and and really there's a lot of parity. And yeah. let's, let's face it, we're not ready for the Los Angeles Rams to be good. <laughs> no. We're not ready for Philadelphia to be a, a serious contender. We're not there yet. No. And I think in the NFL, it takes a couple years for us to, like, embrace a team. Right. I mean, you look at, like, Carolina, where they were up and down, up and down, and then we finally got on board, the fans. But I just think that, you know, we, we're not ready for Philadelphia yet. I know that they're taking the league by storm, but nobody wants to talk about the Philadelphia Eagles other than Carson Wentz. So you're right. I think this fight does, you know, make a lot of noise for the league in a, and really in a positive way. And I say that because, look, any publicity is good publicity at this point. Yes, it is. Because a lot of people are boycotting the league. Yes. And let you know the Raiders love this kind of stuff. <laughs> but let's, let's talk about the two men. Yeah. Now, keep to leave. He's kind of he's almost like Pac-Man Jones. He's kind of crazy for real. He he you know he he shot himself or he said he shot himself in the leg and he was involved in other did violent he, incidents. Did, did he really shoot himself in the right, leg? Right. <laughs> okay. But whoever he was with, they he held it down. They did not snitch on him, and he didn't snitch on himself. And the league couldn't do anything about it. Well, that's what you do when you have the real brotherhood. The NFL, they snitch on each other. Your boys in the but street. The boys in the street, they stay as a family. Now, if you really want to get in some trouble and want to keep it tight, just go in the streets and you don't have to worry about 
about getting out to someone now, although else. Although I would say Michael Vick's boys, including like his cousins, <laughs> turned on him. Well, I mean, everybody told him. That well, situation. Michael Vick uh, didn't offer up the money. You well, know, yeah. he was the NFL ticket. And he decided to go his way, and he went the highway. Well, yeah, we talked about it all the time. Like, yeah. your cousin, somebody should have took that case for you and kept the money coming in, but instead everybody turned on Michael Vick. Well, if you ever think about this, Michael Vick paid $12 million to a lawyer. Come on. You think somebody wanted to took a million? Or 500000 Right. To go into uh, a prison for you? So, Michael Vick, it was probably the dumbest thing he ever did in his life. I saw Michael Vick today. You, you was a big dummy. <laughs> right, right. Now, I, I want to talk about late this afternoon, Eli Manning benched in New York. It looks like the end of an era for him. What's your take on, on Eli? Well, you can only go on for so long. Uh, Eli's brought two championships to the, you know, to the Apple, New York. I mean, you know, when you talk about New York, that's the granddaddy of them all. He's done an a awesome job there. But sooner or later, it was time to, it's time to move on because the way things are going there, losing, you know, the players that are surrounding him, it's not the same no more. You can say all you want to say about football. You got to have pieces around you. And, and he doesn't have a running game. His offensive line is terrible. And then, what, three of his receivers are hurt, including <laughs> one of the best in the game yeah. in Odell Beckham. Yeah, I had an argument with somebody about Eli and how, you know, and my boy Beeson, that's who it was. My boy Beeson and I had an argument. He, he argued, oh, he's a bum. And I'm like, man, look, compared to a lot of guys around the NFL, he is not a bum. And I mean, I don't know. He said, well, he's overrated. I don't know who rates him that high other than the fact that when it's December and January, he plays he plays some ball. Let's let's take a step back. Let's take Phillip Rivers. And to, and take Eli Manning. And all they do, the accolades for Phillip Rivers is like unbelievable. You think he don't won two or three Super Bowls. Right. And he's the greatest quarterback, one of the greatest of all time. And Eli, he has the trophies, the mantle. You know, he's sitting right down his mantle, two Super Bowl trophies. And they act like Eli is just somebody just came and anybody could do it. The way Eli did it, he had to be great because he just didn't do it with the best records. He had to come one from a wild card right. and one where he had to go on the road to win it even the, the, the second time. And, and then he beat one of the great teams of all time in the New England Patriots who were undefeated until the Super Bowl. Well, just not one when, time. When Randy, well, they beat, him, beat New England twice, but they were undefeated the That's one right. time. And they had that was the year Randy Moss was setting all those records. It was, it was awesome what New England was doing, and they beat him. And, of course, yeah, of course they had a great defensive pass rush, and that defense kept them in the game. But when he had to make plays, he did. And Phil, he and Phillip Rivers are kind of like the same guy, except yeah. Eli got it done in the clutch. Both of them throw ridiculous interceptions. interceptions. Yeah. They, they just throw ridiculous passes. And he's like, what, what, you know, what? Phillip Rivers threw one three weeks ago. He's like, what in the hell are you doing? <laughs> Why did you throw that pass? And he's a gunslinger. He don't care. And the team didn't care. But all of a sudden, now they're starting to turn their thing around. But still, you know, Eli no. is not overrated. And I think that the people of New York will really have a tough time when Eli's gone. They're going to say, oh, we, we treated this guy kind of bad. Well, Eli, he will be a Hall of Famer. He's doing something that no other quarterback has won two Super Bowls. It's not going to be a Hall of Famer. What he's done, he's done as far as the stats. He put up the numbers. He's done all that, and he's in did New it all. York, with all that pressure in, in New, York, New York. And did it for a number of years. Right. You know, we're not talking five. We're not talking ten. We're talking about Eli career 
probably is going to go on to probably about 16 or 17 years. I want to compare what Eli did to a quarterbacks like the guy you play with, Warren Moon and Dan Fouts. I mean, think about the criticism Moon got because he didn't have that postseason success. And then you look at a guy like Dan Fouts who waited a long time to have to get longer than he should have to get into the Hall of Fame uh, because he didn't have postseason success. This is is so much, uh, you know, we always want to judge people by by what they do, their accomplishments. If you go back, Brett Farr. Mm-hmm. You think Brett Farr been to five Super Bowls? Brett Farr only been to two. Right. He only won what? Mm-hmm. One. I, I guess we can go on and on down the line about who should get in, who shouldn't. Warren Moon's a Hall of Famer. Dan Faust's a Hall of Famer. And you're going to tell me Eli Manning's not a Hall of Famer? And his numbers are just as if, if, as relevant just as, as their numbers are. So how the heck is Eli is probably above them? Well, I mean, I don't – I, I don't mean, I'm not, I'm not talking about for us talent-wise of throwing the ball and all what type of – you're talking about the resume. Yeah, but let's do this. Who had more talent, Warren Moon or Eli Manning? Warren Moon. Do I need to say much, much right. more? Who had more talent – Probably the first five years, Warren Moon or Eli Manning. Eli went one with less talent and to win the Super Bowl twice, and Warren Moon never got to an AFC championship game. Right. And so I, and I you know, just have to explain how big it is in the NFL to, as a quarterback. Yes. Now, it doesn't hurt you in any other position, but at quarterback, you have to have that Super Bowl victory. You, I mean, it's an, it's an essential thing. I want to turn uh, turn my eyes towards the uh, the NBA and turn to talk to us the NBA. Uh, David Fisdale fired in Memphis, but what's your overall take of the NBA season so far? Because I've been watching a ton of basketball. It's been a really exciting season, and there's a lot of young talent out here. That although though a lot of these teams won't compete for the championship. Man, there's some excitement when you look at Philadelphia and look at Milwaukee and and Boston with the young talent they have with the addition of Kyrie. What's your take on the NBA uh, this season? Fantastic. That's that's the words they like to use for it. I like I like where they 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 going. They uh you know it's only going it can only get higher. That you know I like the young talent. I mean Simmons uh, and we talk about Tyree like he's an old man. But you know Tyree left after his freshman year, and now he's getting his own team. Yo, he's run- Kyrie. Yeah, I always call him Tyree. I don't never call him <laughs> Kyrie. That was kind of funny, but he's a beast, and and that's what Boston needed—someone to lead. And uh, not to downplay uh, Isaiah, he's good, but he's not. But you were saying that last year that yeah. the Boston can't can't go to a championship with Isaiah because you know you can easily because of his size you could take him out of the game. And you said that even before the trade. And I think this is a mutually beneficial trade whenever Isaiah comes back. But I think Boston, and I thought when Haywood went out, that it was, uh, when, I thought it was over for him. But you look at Tatum and Jalen Brown, and of course, Smart is stepping up. Al Horford, that's a really good team. Boston will be in the finals. And it's as crazy as Golden State plays basketball. Sometimes they just head scratchers. But nobody cares how Golden State plays. If they win by 40 or they lose by 40. You know when it comes time to the, the playoff time, championship basketball, Golden State and Boston Celtics. I know you. I know everybody wants to see Cleveland again. I but, don't care about seeing Cleveland. But Golden State and the Celtics, and I think it's going to be one of the great series of all times. I think just a type of play. I mean, basketball is good in the NBA right now, guys, especially with the young talent. 
and to see Philadelphia come back where they always been an important part of uh, uh, the, NBA. Uh, uh, the NBA. And I, I'm I'm glad I'm glad of that. And some more other teams, some young teams are moving. No, I don't know what the Kings are gonna do. Well, you know, the Kings too young. Yeah, they yeah. Don't have, but yeah. I like it. But every now and then they fool you and they play well. Phoenix is a team that's super young. They can't beat anybody either, but they have a lot of young talent. Well, just give them time. You know, like any team that's bringing in young talent, you got to be patient. Just ask Philadelphia. I think a lot of people are gonna take trust that that process. path. Yeah, trust. Yeah. Who can ever trust the process? Right, right. But, Give them credit. Um, I know you're from North Carolina. You're a North Carolina native. And I want to uh, shift gears and go to a segment that we call He Got Game. He Got Game. Got Game. Got Game. And in this segment of He Got Game, we want to recognize a young guy you may not have heard of yet, but you will. Marvin Bagley III. He's Duke's 6'11 freshman forward from Phoenix, Arizona. This young fella was a USA all U, USA Today all USA first team as a junior in high school. He was the consensus number one recruit in the country, and this is why he's the he got game recipient this time out. In two of his first five games at Duke, Bagley has two 30.15 rebound games. Both of those came not against just the school of the poor or whatever. They came against the University of Texas and the University of Florida. Both of those came in wins. So this guy is balling out. And keep an eye out for Bagley because he's already projected to be the top pick in the 2018 draft. And I tell you what, Haywood, he got game. What's your take on him? Have you seen him? It's unbelievable. Um, probably player of the year already. Uh, you got AC's, Grayson Allen on that team. Uh, I mean, uh, that, that nobody don't even know who Grayson Allen is. Other than the, point, the jerky Duke kid that reminds you of Christian yeah. Lechner and, and without, you, without you, the talent. Yeah. If you think about this, Grayson Allen is really, really good. To have him and then to have Bagley, it is wow. They're going to they, be hard to beat. They're going to be hard to beat. We're talking about Kentucky type of freshmen that's surrounding them. We're forgetting about the other freshmen that's on I that see, team. I don't, yeah, and I hadn't really turn the page and got into college basketball they, yet. But they I know. have four freshmen that are starting. And Grayson Allen is Grayson the Allen and four freshmen, yeah. Unbelievable. Duke is <laughs> – if Duke don't win it this year, they, they might as well fire Coach K. <laughs> well, that won't happen. And, and look, and I, you watch Carolina. People just don't realize Carolina has won six championships and, and Carolina doesn't even have the talent that Duke has each and every year or Kentucky. So I commend Carolina for being where they are. And then, you know, with the Michigan States, the Arizonas, yeah. uh, you know, different Florida teams coming up. Yeah. And then I, and then name some of your mid-majors that always sneak in that, right. that, that can be tough outs when going into the NCAA tournaments. So, man, basketball is uh, – college basketball is awesome too. Now, I, yeah, I hadn't really gotten into it. A lot, a lot of these tournaments are fun to watch, but I want to sort of get, wait to get in the, the conference play, the, the renewing of those old rivalries and all the things that go with that. But with that, it's going to end the first part of the show. We're going to go to a new segment, the two-minute mix. I think if you've listened before and listened in, in, uh, to an entire podcast, you've heard us go with our love musical interludes. We have DJ D-Baby to Don. She's providing our two-minute mix. In the second half of the show, we have the This or That segment, Haven't You Heard? And before I let go, you are tuned in to episode 41 of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast on iTunes. Tune in. And Love SoundCloud. It, Love, it. Love it, man. 25 lighters on my dresser, yes, sir. I got stuck in pain. Hey, hey, hey.
We got 25 lighters on the dresser. Yes, sir. Just waking up in the morning, gotta thank God. I don't know, but today seems kinda odd. No barking from the dog, no small. And mama cooked the breakfast with no harm. I got my grub on, but didn't dig out. Finally got a call from a girl I wanted to find it. Hooked it up for later as I hit the door. Thinking, will I live another 25? In the place with style and grace Allow me to lace these lyrical dishes in your bushes uh, Who rock grooves and make moves with all the mommies The, the back, back of the, the club, club. sipping my wet is where you find me what? The back of the club, Mac and Hall, my crew's behind me uh, Mad question asking, I'm passing, music blasting But I just can't quit because one of these homies Biggie got to creep with, sleep with, keep the epic secret Why not, why blow up my spot Cause we both got hot, now check it I got more Mac than Craig and in the bed Believe me, sweetie, I got enough to feed the needy No need to be greedy, I got mad friends with Benzes See notes by the layers, true to life players Jump in the Rover and come over, tell your friends Jump in the GS3, I got the And I'm by the Welcome back to episode 41 of Sports Talk with Devin Wade Podcast. want to thank DJ D-Baby the Don. She's young in the game, but what, keep an eye out for her. She's doing big things. That's my uh, my personal Spinderella. I got, you know, going old school with it. Um, but nonetheless, want to uh, uh, welcome Haywood Jeffries back, uh, a veteran of the NFL. What is your take, before we get into our next segment, what's your take on the NFL right now? I mean, you, have a, you like many former players, have a love-hate relationship with the league. Obviously, you love football. You loved a lot of things about the game. Uh, wh- what do you think about Goodell and and Jerry Jones and the, the player kneeling. What what's your take on? Because it's a really it's a bad year, and I, I think any league is entitled to have that. But the NFL seemed immune from having bad years. Seemed like they were going to have good years every single year. But this is a truly bad year. What's your take on the NFL? The NFL needs to sit down, and we go to all these in service and training sessions that we have in life, what we do in our jobs anyway. The NFL is almost, they don't want no one to be like, they got to have this tough, tough skin. Like, if I do this, I do that. People won't appreciate me. Well, it's like no more than the celebrations. You have to bring back the celebrations. That's a make, lot of fun, too, by the way. Make it fun. Make people come to the show. They always talking about representing the children, the youth. That's what kids wants to see. They don't want to emulate someone just putting the ball down and I can't be happy because I scored. If we go back, anybody that scored a touchdown, it's the greatest moment that you have as a professional football player. And they don't want you to say nothing. They want to throw a flag at you. And now I watch how they frown and get angry when the guys are even celebrating because they can. The referees are even unhappy about it. I, what is going on? Well, I mean, you have an old established guys that run the league that don't, that, you know, and I've always said, you know, a lot of these people, they're, they're not the kind of guys that score a touchdown, so they don't understand the joy of when you look at some of the commentators, a lot of offensive linemen and, you know, a lot of guys who are critical, they just want you to be team guys and, and don't worry about the name on the back, worry about the name on the front, but again, you look at NBA's, the NBA's popularity, They've thrived on individuality. I mean, although you you have success with uh, Golden State, people love Russell Westbrook. 
you you want to talk about San Antonio and their teamwork where people love LeBron James and, and some of the stuff that he does. So and then Michael Jordan, of course, is the king of them all, who was it was his show. And they built it around individuality. NFL doesn't want you to have an identity. They can go in and tell you, oh, when you get in this league, well, you're gonna have this kind of job and make this kind of money. Well, the last time I checked, the players are millionaires and the owners are billionaires. What the heck do you have to worry about? All of y'all are 80, 90 years old. <laughs> you got all this money and you're mad at what? Be happy. Hey, wanna go to a segment we call This or That? The choice is yours. You can get with this or you can get with that. You can get with this or you can get with that. I'll give you a couple choices and uh, you tell me, hey, Wood, which one would you take? And we're gonna start with. The wide receiver position and your position, of course, uh, uh, you um, you know, not many people know as much about wide receivers as you do playing the position at such a high level. But I want to give you a choice. If you had you had one, you had to pick one guy, Julio Jones or Antonio Brown, this or that. Which one would you take? I love you, Antonio, but I gotta take Julio. Really? Tell me why. What What do you like about him? What do you see? It's just a big man's game. Julio has everything you want to see when you get ready to uh, scout a receiver. Size, speed, hands, athletic, strong-headed, physical. He's tapping out at 10s going down the line. And then you had this other guy. He's tapping out too, but he's small. And in the end, the you bigger man's comes. The big I'm, I'm actually going to go – I'm going to go Antonio Brown. And I'll tell you why. Julio's had some injury issues and – he, he's you know he gets slowed down a little bit by those, but, but Antonio he that's he, not that's not fair, Devin. We didn't, you didn't you didn't uh, put injuries in there. Well, I'm just saying. Well, I mean, I'm take, giving you the whole picture. Okay, but I'm just saying Antonio is a guy, man. He can get it done all sorts of ways, and even can give you some help. Uh, and really, with with punt returning, I mean, I just think he's both of them had tremendous weeks. We talked about uh, Antonio Brown's 10 catches. What uh, Julio had 200 and something yards receiving this weekend, right? Amazing. And, and so this weekend was a, a great showcase for both of those guys. And I do think I would take both of those guys over Odell Beckham Jr., even though Odell is younger. Yeah. But I, I think I, I would have to go with Antonio Brown. If you I, mean, had, he's yeah. just, I love the way you say that, but if you had to pay quarterback money, those are the two receivers that deserve that the, the $20 million on-up salaries. Right. No no ands and ifs about it. I mean, the only thing you can say about Odell is that, yeah, he's the all eyes are on him. Whenever he's playing, he's the most exciting guy, you know, when he makes those spectacular catches. But Antonio Brown just does work, and it's amazing to see. I want to keep it in the NFL on the, for the next this or that. The battle for Pennsylvania. If you had to pick one team right now to go to the Super Bowl, would it be Pittsburgh or Philadelphia? I have to take Philadelphia. Because they have an easier road? Do I need to say anything else? About the AFC, <laughs> we don't have to. Somebody's sitting over there with a number 12 uh, uh, yeah, jersey on. Brady, yeah. That's the only reason they wouldn't have to meet to the Super Bowl. And unfortunately, Pitt is going to have to run through well, New England. And Philadelphia is really playing well. And you know what I love about Philadelphia? Nobody really knows the players around Philadelphia. That's why they play so loose, so freely. They only really know about Wentz because they talk about the quarterback position right, right. so, so much. Yeah, people Aguilar people, people and, and couldn't Ernst really name Aguilar like you could because you're a football 
fan, and they don't even really know who Jeffrey really is unless you said. Right. And if you want to go down, the tight end is the one of the best. The, the, the tight end is one of the best in the league, and the running back you go blunt, you wouldn't even know it was blunt. Right. And they didn't even know who blunt was on New England. Right. So that is fantastic. And defensively, nobody don't even know but one player, and they have one of the best defensive players in the league. Right. So so. Uh, if I'm looking at it, Philadelphia, this is the year to go to the Super Bowl because you ain't going to get it probably the easier path to make it to the Super Bowl. Yeah, because so. it looks like you're going to have, unless they have derail for a few. Uh, I, th- I mean, I th- still think the NFC is wide open. Uh, you, Carolina could be in the mix. New Orleans. I, I think it'll be hard to go to Philly for like New Orleans or for like the Rams. Uh, but, so if they can hold on to home field advantage, it, it's a pretty good path for them to get there. Yes. But as far as a team, I I I just like Pittsburgh. I like what you I like what you said about Carolina could play, you know, going to late December, January. Yeah, Austin and, and, came and, back and yeah. now he's out again. And then they play they play similar football. Philadelphia was a little bit more throwing the ball a little bit more, but Cam can can turn it on that day, and he could be a really a big factor going in the cold weather. Well, my two Super Bowl teams were, were Kansas City and Seattle. And Seattle, unfortunately, derailed by Chancellor out for the year, Cam Chancellor out for the year, and, and of course, Richard Sherman out for the year. The defense already wasn't what they were. I thought getting getting Brown, Dwayne Brown from the Texans, helped them out a, a lot. But, but again, they, they're trying to establish something on the ground. And, it, and really, Russell Wilson, you can say what you want, he's having a tremendous year. Because he's holding that team together, but it's not a lot left uh, uh, for Seattle as it pertains to to having that kind of postseason success. And then I just don't know what happened. Other than Kareem Hunt kind of hit a wall in Kansas City, and that kind of has hindered everything else that's going on uh, in Kansas City. But somebody can beat the Patriots. I I still don't believe in the Patriots, although Brady's having – uh, just another incredible, <laughs> unbelievable. Year. But again, you know, they, they, it's almost handed to them in that division. Well, you're, you're yeah. handed six wins yeah. at yeah. the start of the season, it, just every year. Yeah, you, you know, Miami was supposed to jump up, never. Jets, no. Buffalo is tough. Buffalo, the the dumbest decision by an organization. Period. And, and if they don't get into the playoffs, it's all because they decided in the middle of November. To, to sit down Tyrod Taylor for a half and and Peterman comes in and throws five interceptions and you you run a chance to beat a, a team that you're competing with for a wild card in the Los Angeles Chargers. You lose that game because you are just dumb enough to bench Tyrod Taylor for God knows why but for uh, Peterman, Nathan Peterman. And, and I just think that that's the bonehead move of the year for from an organization. The worst thing can happen to an organization is to know what they have. And Buffalo knew what they had. They know they had nothing better than Tyrod Taylor. Right. And this is funny. Even to go with some of the bad teams, they ain't going to go to Kansas City to talk about them trying to make a change uh, with Mahomes. Uh, no, nah, uh, that, that shouldn't happen. Andy Reid won't have the people just cool down. You said it just like it is. The running game, what got them going. Right. They got to reestablish the running game. Yeah. And, and that'll get back because their defense is now, right now, they're looking for answers. They're not getting turnovers. They have, they kind of been unlucky. They still solid. And you know, I didn't think about nobody in the FC, but you just think about it. But they yeah. lost uh, their safety too. Kansas City, that hurt them too. A lot of yeah. people. Done. And you got Darrell Reeves now. They said Darrell Reeves can make $13.5 million if the Chiefs go to the Super Bowl. This is a, he has a tremendous. Yeah, yeah, I hear that everybody say, hey. 
Darrell Revis and uh, Kelly for UCLA um, made a hundred million. Uh, he's going to have over, I guess, about six or seven years. But going back to that, you look at any time a team struggle, they're always talking about the quarterback. You know, I'm more disappointed in in the Denver Broncos. Why go to Oswala? Right. I don't care if Lynch or anybody Simeon, yeah. or whether it. If Simmons, well, Lynch was hurt, yeah, came back, now yeah, he's hurt but again. I wanna never, look, they already knew what they had in Oswald. Oswald, don't even, he ain't going to even dress out no more. But he probably have to now because uh, – Lynch is out for a couple Why even put that in the people's mind, mm-hmm. Oswald? I said, John Elway, cool it. Let Cinnamon go ahead and be – if he ain't going to be nothing, he ain't going to be nothing. But deal with what you have. That's the best thing you got on your roster. And this is the, the thing that happens. O'Brien – Miami did the smallest thing in his life, and you know he didn't want to take Savage out. He had to put in Watson. Yeah, and I don't. Yeah, and, and I, if I get into Texas, well, we call, won't get into Texas. Yeah, I yeah, was just doing so, some, yeah. but we ain't into that or whatever. But just like yeah, you said, I get mad about. Yeah, how we want to. I, I apologize. I, I don't even want to go there. And because you said before, and I do not want to talk about the Texans. Yeah, 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 yeah. You said that. I just said I, I, it kind of. It snuck up on it you. It snuck right? up on me. I apologize let, let, for the final sec, but final, yeah. final part of this or that. Des Bryant. Or Demarius Thomas. Before you answer, I do have the stats here. I'm going to let you answer, and then I'll give you the stats. If you had to pick one guy out of those two, which one would you take? Des Bryant or Demarius Thomas? Before you know the stats, okay. I'm going to – Oh, I, I Demar- wanna... Demarius by far. Demarius by far? Yeah. That's, it's no-brainer. Because I think Des is, Des is not helped out by – the struggles in Dallas. But I, I agree with you. I think I'll go Demarius Thomas. And the stats bear that out. Okay, here, check this out. Des Bryant. 108 games, 515 receptions for 7,100 yards and 71 touchdowns, and he averages 14 yards per catch, right? Demarius Thomas, 112 games, just four more games, 604 receptions for eight with eight for 8,355 yards, 55 touchdowns, and he's averaged 13.8 yards per reception. Now, of course, Dez has more touchdowns, but, again, Demarius Thomas, more yards, more receptions. I just think they're what for what, and I just wonder, like, Dez is kind of – They are similar. Let me see. Dez is not that teammate that guys corral around. You can see it. It's what guys separate on his team from him. Demarius is – some other guy, smooth operator, relax. You know, guys like but like. But he him. drops, man. Well, well, he I, drops I know, the ball. But, but this is more important. Dez drops them too. They both do. The upside is Demarius has so much more upside than Dez does. Dez is not really a true catching receiver. He's just so tough and rugged. You know, he gives you a little bit of that to in him or whatever. And Demar and Demarius has similar things to him, like Randy Malls. Or more of a Jerry Rice, and and he's a big guy, and they expect a lot more from him. But I, you know, th- don't be surprised next year that Dallas let Dez go. I don't know because Jimmy Johnson has, I mean, uh, Jer- Jerry Johnson, Jimmy Johnson, Jerry Jones has a really close knit relationship with Dez, and that may have something to do with it. I think that that Jerry really, really likes Dez. He, he, he's struggling this year. He's struggling, and now you're looking at the quarterback for the Cowboys, Prescott. He can't find him. He's yeah. never open. I mean, Dez is only catching a couple of balls a game. He's going to guys they don't even really know, uh, Beasley. Cole Beasley and Williams. And, and Williams, you know, I mean. Uh, who the, and Bryce Butler. And, and, and yeah, guys. Bryce Butler. 
I'm, I'm looking at these guys. Dez Bryant has to make that way. I'll be over there, throw me that ball anyway. Or whatever. Yeah, I mean, you're not to yeah. say nothing with Julio and Antonio. I don't get done if they losing by 30 points. They asking for that ball. I want it every time. And and, and this, this is amazing. And I know what you love about Antonio. Antonio, he puts on the show. He does. Every game. I don't know how he do it. If they lose by 30 or if they win by 30, he's going to be in the what? He he's gonna be a show. He's gonna be in his own. He's gonna be in the mix. And when he's not, he's gonna throw a cooler to make sure. Now I want to ask you, like, yeah. it seems to me, like, man, you see such phenomenal catches these guys make week in and week out. Are you ama- as amazed as I am when you see some of the catches these guys are making these days? Oh man, it seems like we every want, we week. want to say it's steroids <laughs> or what they putting in the food. Uh, what's what's in the water? What they drinking? I just think these guys probably catch so many more balls by the time they make it to the pros. Seven on seven is they they just I mean you just said it yeah they they catching so many balls at an early age and then like you saying in college shoot I caught my senior year I had thirty seven catches right right and I it mean, was a first round draft pick yeah I was the number one, I was the first receiver taken <laughs> of thirty seven catches mm-hmm. I mean that's kind of yuck. Isn't it right? That's yeah. yeah and then you know yeah. we kind of made that transition where they really start throwing the ball. If you think about it, yeah, you were part of that first generation. That first of generation of the, uh, you know, what we call the it, the, shoe, the running shoe, the, uh, the red, the, the red gun, and, yeah. and that that silver t- stretch. Yeah, you you name those, it. Yeah. So Miles Davis and all. Those oh, guys yeah, so there. so you think about it. We was catching a lot of balls now, but again, as many balls as one threw, they still. If you think about it, you don't have too many guys with 100 and 100. So Warren's still good at that. He had 70, 80, 93, 100. That's, and then we forget about That's the running That's the number back. of receptions each of the receivers had. And then you go back to the running back. He had 50 or 60. Right. So Warren Moon did something to probably never be done again. It's the way he distributed it the, to, the for people to have that many catches. Today, what will the salary be for a guy that catch 70 passes? What right. you what would it be then? I mean, I mean, how much you think it would be? I mean, I don't know. I mean, okay, what you think we got with uh, ninety passes? Right, you? and now you got a just, look. You got a hundred reception. That's a fifteen million dollar a year contract, and then you seventy. Boom, that's ten. So, woo. Right. That's why guys today cry about not coming out of the game and fussing about not getting the football. So they want because, those numbers to go negotiate. There with. you go. Want to go to a segment we call "Haven't You Heard." And this is where I come to you with some obscure, or maybe not so obscure, just some things that, that caught my my interest this week. I want to get your take on some of these. Uh, the first thing I want to talk about was the Alabama basketball game in which they finished the game outscoring uh, their opponent, West Virginia, 30-22. to 22. Now, what's the big deal about that? They still lose the game. Uh, the big deal was they only did it with three players. I, because of a, a scuffle, they have a rule where you, if you come off the bench, you get ejected. And everybody came off the bench except the five guys who are already on the floor. Then two of those guys got hurt. One fouled out and one got hurt. And now you're left with three guys for the last portion of the game. But I mean, for the, a really long portion of the game. <laughs> did you see that? What did you think? I mean, that was unbelievable. Well, I just think the other team felt sorry for him. Because he, I don't know. That one guy, he couldn't stop him. I know. I, I, I know. They didn't know what to do. You know. Whoever played three on five, that's Sandlock basketball. You and- double team, yeah, you double <laughs> yeah. team, yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah. I don't know how you. But I thought it was fun, 
Everybody say, hey, it was three on five. Right. What everybody's going to do? They're going to go look it up. They're they, going yeah, to yeah. find so, it. So I thought it was a lot of fun. And unfortunately, the other guy scored 40 points. Somebody should have had at least 50 in there. Uh, I guess what it was, Alabama? Yeah. It, yeah. I think one of the guys had 40, but he should have had 50. <laughs> right. You playing three against five. Yeah, well, I mean, he was one of the three. So, I mean, you're talking about for the other team. Yeah, for the other team. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, also, uh, the SEC, of course, Alabama with the big win over – I mean, Auburn with the big win over Alabama. Fans stormed the field for the third time, and that's going to cost Auburn $250,000. The SEC is trying to – they everybody wants to prevent lawsuits, and they want to prevent people from getting hurt. So they try, they're trying to deter these kids and – and adults and whoever from storming the field. And so now they levy these fines against the schools if your your school keeps charging the field. And, hey, I mean, but... You talking be- about the, the SEC? Yeah. 250000 Yeah, that's nothing. <laughs> Say it again. That's, that's what? They need to get to TSU. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But think about it. The fans run college football, college sports, period. And we don't have to even go there or whatever, they get coaches fired. They even tell you to stay in the stands. They say, this is our stadium. We're going to come out anyway. And guess what? We'll pay the fine because we're the, we the SEC of Auburn. So Auburn, pull out the pull out the check. And guess yeah. what? If they win next week, it's going to be another 250. <laughs> they, might double, they might double the fine. Mm-hmm. But look, they, they worth – they worth so much money. Dude. Yeah, it's so much money. That, 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 yeah, that, yeah, that won't Yeah, deter. I thought that was like, oh, 250000 Well, you know, they faced th- three number one teams this year and beat two of them. I mean, Auburn may, may be the favorite to win it all. We'll have to well, see. Well, well, we have to see. But look, Auburn lose this game. Auburn's out there. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. Oklahoma's in the mix. And so it, it should be a whole lot of fun. Hey, man, I want to thank you for joining me for this edition of uh, – uh, episode 41 of Sports Talk with Devin Wade Podcast. But before I let go, before I let go, before I let go, I want to tell you guys that in a couple of weeks, I'm going to be doing a social media blitz. And what we're going to do on December 9th is we are going to have, uh, I want all of you guys on that day to tweet out a link or comment of about the podcast and get the word out to all of your followers, all of your friends, and on that day, December 9th, and I'll tell you more about it in the next uh, episode, but on December 9th, we are going to do a social media blitz because we really want to get more and more people involved. And again, I want to remind you guys, you can tweet me at Wade's Word, W-A-D-E-S-W-O-R-D. And of course, you can find me on SoundCloud, iTunes. Soon we'll be on Stitcher. Tune in, iTunes, SoundCloud, all of those ways. Please subscribe, download, comment. Like, tell a friend, do all of those things uh, so we can continue to grow and get bigger and better and include you guys in the dialogue and in the interactions for the podcast. want to thank you again so much for your support. Thanks so much for listening. This has been Episode 41 of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade Podcast. And as always, have a great day.